Blog Talk Radio. needs, what a wife wants, what a wife needs, 
which we did two parts of. And today we're coming to you with what a mother wants and what a mother needs. We want to welcome Minister Monica Batts and Minister Keisha Lakeisha Hazley. Welcome, ladies. Good morning. Good morning. All right, all right. We thank God for being here today. Um, we're going to come to you with our opening prayer, and then we're going to go into what a mother wants and what a mother needs. Then we're going to have the announcements for today. Then we're going to do the closing prayer, and that will be it for this Saturday. We thank you all for coming out and listening, even in the archives. When you hear it, we thank you. We send a special blessing your way. Amen. Hallelujah. Let us go before the throne of grace. Father God, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we thank you. We glorify your name. Oh, God, you're worthy to be praised, Lord. Hallelujah. We thank you. Hallelujah. Lord, ask you for protection over us, Lord. Hallelujah. Especially for the state of Virginia, Lord. Hallelujah. They're trying to start the same thing that happened in Charlottesville. So, Lord, we ask you, Monday, go into the city of Richmond and stop the mess. Hallelujah. Lord, they formed militias. Hallelujah. They said they were going to do it, and they're forming them throughout Virginia. Militias. Hallelujah. We don't need a militia. We need Jesus. Hallelujah. Lord, protect this state. It's being attacked spiritually, Lord. Hallelujah. We ask you to stop all the mess, Lord. Stop the mess. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Bless these two ladies in their homes, Father. Hallelujah. In their families. We thank you, Lord, for them coming out and participating in this Saturday morning, live with Jesus. Hallelujah, because life with Jesus is wonderful. Wouldn't have it any other way. Lord, we thank you, and we ask you to bless us today. Our mouths, your words, hallelujah, your word, our mouths. Use this, us, us three today, Lord, as your vessel, as your holy vessel, Lord, hallelujah. Speak through us what you want us to speak, Lord. In the name of Jesus, let us help somebody. Let this go out throughout our listening audience, Lord. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus, let it bless them. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Hallelujah. Lady, y'all ready? Yes. All right. All right. I guess... um, Y'all want me to start, or do you all want to start? Go ahead. Yeah, okay. So I guess I'm the oldest, so I'll start. <laughs> um, a mother. What is a mother? A mother is usually a woman, and I say usually because nowadays we don't know. We got men who are being mothers and fathers. So we honor them also during Mother's Day and Father's Day. But according to the Bible, a mother is a woman 
who has children, who has children, <clears throat> not who carries children, but who has children. There is a scripture in the Bible where it says a barren woman has more children than the woman who can carry a child. Because she's always, a, if she's a child of God, she's always looking out for children. She makes sure that they have. She makes sure that they are protected. So she literally has more kids than a woman who carries the children in her womb. Then you have the adoptive mother. You have the foster mother. You have the lady next door that all the children in the neighborhood love to come over to Miss So-and-So's house. Those kids are like her kids. They eat from her table, and they come over to her. Some of them even give her Mother's Day presents because she's a neighborhood mother. So being a mother can be many things. Also, being a mother, you wear many hats. You can, <laughs> Being a mother, you end up being mother, uh, doctor, teacher, Oh my goodness! Um, disciplinarian, referee, referee, yes. referee, yes, hallelujah, yes, sir, and a host of other hats we wear, and we have a tendency to be able to multitask. That seems to be something that women were born to be able to do, even as children, before we even have our kids, we have that gift to multitask. We have our friends. Sometimes we've got to talk to our friends. We're talking to one, then we got to talk to another, and that one might not like that one. Then you try to get the relationships together and make the whole cause them to be friends, especially if they're both your friends. So we, as mothers, we thank God for that gift to be a mother because that means not only are we the carrier of life or of, of, of a life or life, whichever one it is, because some of us have had twins. Amen. Hallelujah or more. But we thank God for being the carrier of life. We receive the seed and we deliver. Hallelujah the child that comes from the union. But not only that, we also take children into our home, and we treat them just like we do our own. We don't make any difference in them. Yeah, at least why you're not supposed to. That child, when that child is under your table, I remember my, who was that? My grandmama, great-mama, great-grandmama used to say, if you eat from my table, then you my child. <laughs> I would look at her like, okay, but I'm your great-grandchild. But I know what she meant. If a child eats from your table, then you take on that child as yours. It doesn't matter if they go home that night. It doesn't matter, hallelujah, if they have to stay at your home overnight. Sometimes we take kids in. Me, myself, I have had, oh, my God, when I think about it, I shudder because I don't know how I did it, 58 foster kids. Yeah, that's what I said, 58 foster kids at various times over the years. Amen. 
Now, I'm not in foster care right now because my health won't allow me to do it. So, um, if I was about now, I'd probably be 68 to 70. But that's what I always did. You know, I did that because I saw when I first got saved, my pastor's wife was a foster kid. Well, a foster mom. They were foster parents. They had nine siblings from one household. And I thought they were their kids, you know. But then I found out, no, they're not their kids. Some mother had messed up, and she had to get herself together, and she never did get the kid back. The course took the kids away from her. So they started out being foster parents, taking the kids in, but the mother never did get the kids back because the mother never straightened her life up. So um, Annie Stokes and then what Stokes took all nine of those kids in. Plus, they had their oldest son, Louis, whom, you know, they had already raised. And I think he was about grown then. But they took all nine of those siblings in, all the siblings from one house. And it was like, wow. And I would look at them. She treated them no differently than she did her own. She disciplined them. They, she fed them. They were always dressed nice, neat, and clean. And they all came to church with her. One of them was special, and she didn't treat him any differently than she did the other kids. And I admired them for that. That's how I happened to end up getting into foster care, because I thought that was the most beautiful thing. And then by that time, yeah, I had two children. But by that time, um, my body was so crazy that I had had uh, two children, and then, well, in long story short, I had what they call eclampsia, and I had two stillborn, and the doctor told me that I couldn't have any more. So I chose to, I did some talking to some people that I trusted, so I chose to do what the doctor said and go ahead and have my um, tube side. Tied, burnt, whatever they did. I know I couldn't have any more kids. So that was a perfect time for me to open my heart to other kids. And that's just what I did. But to those that I had, my oldest son, Kevin, and to my oldest daughter, Monica, yeah, I had, we had a ball. <laughs> oh, we could tell you some. If you could see some of the pictures that we took. And I have no complaints as a mother as my children grow, grew up because they were loving. I loved my kids. And it's like, no, my mothership was not perfect because I started, I had my first kid at 16. I knew nothing. Nothing. I couldn't even change a diaper. Good Lord. Anyway, we're not going down that path today. But I thank God for my two oldest kids because I grew up with them. <laughs> I was 16 year old when I had my first son. And then when um, my daughter came, it was like I was, what, 22? I think. Got count back, y'all. That's been moons ago. <laughs> but 
I, we enjoyed ourselves. Amen. Some of the games we used to play, we did silly stuff. Man, oh, my goodness. And I thank God I have memories of some of that stuff. Now, things were not all, was not always perfect. When children get up to a certain age, 18, yeah. As long as they were children, I enjoyed myself. I mean, I, you know, I, you know, when they would take a nap, I learned how to take a nap and keep my children safe because I put them in a bed with me. I had, I always had a either a full or a king size bed, and I would put uh, myself in there. And then I had a baby in the middle, and then the oldest son would be on the other side, and I made sure that they were going to be okay because, you know, kids tend to roam around when, you know, mama want to rest. So I put them both in a bed with me. I gave them lunch first and put them both in a bed with me, and we all took a nap. We would get up, and everything was okay. I protected them. But we all know that you can't always protect a child completely because sometimes you turn your back and things happen. That's another story for another time. But we had a ball, y'all. We really did. We moved around from place to place to place, but that's another story. But the thing about it is that we were together. That's all that mattered. We were together with their uh, concerts and whatever else they had. I was there. Um, parent teacher meeting. Oh, my God. Um, graduation, Mama was there. Yes, I was. I won't going to miss it. Amen. Hallelujah. Their first job, Mama was there. Their first car, Mama was there. <laughs> and I enjoyed those times. They were not perfect. Amen. Hallelujah. But... Our topic today is what a mother wants and what a mother needs. Because as a child, we're there for them. Like I say, I was raised up. Well, how can I put it? I um, I was a child who had a child, so we were raised up together, you know. And uh, then my second child came. And I was 22, still basically a child, because I didn't have a chance to, in other words, I grew up too fast. So there were still things that I wanted to do. So that's why we had so much fun. It was like three children together. I was the oldest sister. My son was the middle child. And my oldest daughter, she was a baby. So, yeah, we had a man. We could tell you some stories. Hallelujah. But. It comes a time when the child grows up and they want to be independent. That's when the heartache starts. Because, see, mama don't want them to leave home. Mama say, you stay here. You go to college. We're not, yeah, we want you to get an education. But I'll be honest, I'll give you a little secret. We really don't want you to leave home. Yeah, we want you to go to college, but stay home. Go to college. Don't go out there in the world yet. I don't want you out there. It's dangerous out there. But they did like I did. They started out, and um, they had their falls and their bumps and their bruises, 
But guess what? They made it, and they are both alive and well today. But what a mother wants is beautiful, healthy children. And I was blessed with that. Amen. Hallelujah. I have a beautiful daughter. And she gave me four gorgeous grandkids. Woo! Yes, sir. I thank the Lord for it. I look at myself in the mirror. I say, girl, how'd you do that? <laughs> I didn't. God did. Because God knew the desires of my heart. But when my children left home, it broke my heart. First, my son. It broke my heart. And it's, it's like, I don't know why sometimes children think they got to go off their way and they have to break your heart before they leave. And I know now that he did what he did because Mama held on so tight that he had to break away. I mean, literally break. And that broke my heart. But it's okay because he turned out very well, you know. He's married. He has a child. He turned out very well. Hallelujah. And there's some things I'm getting ready to do because I have not. When I talk to my daughter-in-law, but I'm not going to get into personal stuff. But the only thing I'll say right now is he blessed me with a beautiful grandson who looks just like him because he looks just like me. Then I have a grandson who looks just like my oldest son. So I got triple blessed with those sons. Amen? Son and two grandsons. And they all face, they look like brothers. They all favor one another. And that's so amazing to me. But then there is my precious, my little princess. And I'm not going to go into how she got here, but she's my miracle baby. She's the one I know God wanted me to have her because of the circumstances of her birth. And I thank God for that, you know. And, and, you know, growing up, yes, 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 yes. Wasn't nothing like my little princess, I tell you. Ooh, I used to comb her hair, and I, I loved it, you know. It was like, wow, I didn't know motherhood was going to be like this, you know. And I remember carrying her on my hip and all the compliments. I would get about my beautiful daughter, and I would walk in, and I'd be so proud at how how handsome my son was, and all of that, you know, those were good years, but like I said, then they turned 18, I believe it was Bill Cosby that said, when they turn 18, they get brain damaged, no, it's not brain damaged, it's them trying to break the bonds from mama. They're trying to cut the cord, even though mama don't want to cut the cord. Amen? And that's the heartbreaking part. But then they go into the adult part. And when they become adults and they're living on their own, and they call and ask you about advice or ask for advice, you know, that's like, what can I say? Just like pouring water on a thirsty plant. You're glad to be able to help them, you know? And it's like when they listen to your advice, then it's like you look and say, yeah, that's a chip off the old block, you know. And I'm quite sure fathers are like that too. But, and I'd like to interject something there. Um, Sometimes we forget about the fathers. But 
we do that because most of the time mothers are the ones that are there. Daddies are out working. Amen? Even though sometimes mothers are out working, but still, mama will come home. She will pick those babies up from the daycare, and she will bring them home and make sure they're okay. Then she'll cook the dinner, make sure they're fed, give them a bath, and, you know, talk to them, make sure the homework is done, and then put them to bed. Daddy's in the cut here somewhere nodding. But that's okay. I guess that's a daddy's duty. I don't know. But as I said, the three stages that I can remember is when they were babies and when you hold them up close to you, especially when you're nursing, that's a bond there that can't be broken. And I would tell anyone, if you have any children, breastfeed them. Yeah, I said breastfeed them if you can. If you can't, then fine. But hold them closely. You don't just put a bottle in there and put a, ooh, that's how I saw do that. Well, I ain't going to call no name. But because <laughs> I laid it out when I saw it. But, uh, yeah, hold that baby close to you when you're giving them the bottle or when you're feeding them from your breast. I fed both my children from my breast. So that's why we're so close. Even though one is far away, whenever I remember the last time I talked to him, his com- on his comment, I told him I congratulated him on um, his um, grad- um, graduating from college. And he said, well, didn't you say I was breastfed? I said, yeah, you were. He said, well, that's why I'm so smart. He had read some kind of journal or something. That's why I'm so smart. I said, well, I asked both of y'all that I breastfed both of you. And it's like, I guess that's true. But I think that's why we're so close, because that's a bond that can never be broken. Even though he may be clear across country like mine is, he's in Canada, and then um, my daughter, she's in another state, but we're still close. And it's like I'm closer to her than I am to him, but that's getting ready to change, and I'll tell her about that later. But the thing about it is that our children, we love them. And the only thing we want is to be loved back. We understand that you want to break away at the age of 18. See, I didn't break away. I was pulled away. I was kicked away. <laughs> ah, another story for another time. Amen. But I started out too young. I actually got married at age 16, which was illegal as all get out. But we're not going down that road because somebody lied on my marriage license. Anyway, <laughs> story short, I've had some funny things that happen in my life, y'all. But um, I had to kind of start... Oh, how do I put it? I was a novice when I started. Didn't know what to do. But I had to learn, and I did learn. And I have passed that knowledge down to all of my children, even the foster kids, that when you think you're so grown and you want to do your own thing, think, think again and think a third time. Because once you get out there, it's hard. It is really hard. But... My children never went without food. They never went without clothes. We were never outdoors. Amen. Hallelujah, because I had a mother that wouldn't allow us to be outdoors. And, yeah, I did have to go back home at one time, but that was just that one time. And then when I got out of there, I ended up getting 
uh, married and yeah. Anyway, um, being a mother is a rewarding calling, and it is a calling because everybody cannot be a mother. You have people out there nowadays that are killing their own children. They're not mothers. They were just a womb that carried a child, and they were their child's own worst enemy. And for a while there, I thought that because of the two stillborns that I had. But God gave me what he wanted me to have, and the other two were up there with him because they were 49 months, but I couldn't carry them. Uh, like I said, eclampsia took them back to heaven. But the two that he gave did give me, I thank God for it. So we have had a ball through life. Amen. And it's not done yet. Amen. There are rewards, the grandbabies. And I'm waiting for some great grandbabies. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I've come to this point in my life. I'm ready for great grandbabies. Then I have two others. I'm waiting for great grandbabies from them also. Well, no, grandbabies from them. Long story short, what a mother wants is love from her children. Your children are automatically love you. We want our children to have everything that they need. See, it's not all about mothers all the time and what we want, what we desire, because there were times when I gave up things that I could have had and made sure that my children had. There were times when I ran low being a single mom after my, um, what, second child? Because I had been married, but after the second child, things just didn't work out. So I ended up being a single mom. Oof, with child support, yeah. But still, there were times when I ran short. But I never let myself run short enough that my children didn't have because I would go without myself and make sure that my children had clothing, food, safety, shoes, all of that. God bless me. They never wanted for anything that I know of that I can remember. Now, they might tell me another story, but as far as I can remember, I made sure did what I had to do to make sure that my children had it. Amen? Even though I had to turn my plate down sometimes to make sure that they had everything, but that day and the next day until the child support check came, that I'd do it. Oh, yes, I would. I did it twice, but that's all. God bless me over the years. Amen? But they had what they needed. They had the clothing. They had the food, the roof over head. Hallelujah. Said we never had to stay in a car or anything like that. Amen. Hallelujah. But love is one thing we want. Number one, we want healthy kids. Amen. Kids who do well in school. And they did. They did well in school. And um, to the point that I've got one that graduated college and one that's in college. And I think, well, actually, yeah. No, I got. Oh, my God. Okay. I've got my oldest son. He graduated two colleges. And my daughter, she is in college now. She raised her children. And now she, all her children are grown. My grandbabies, now she's back in college herself. And you know what? That makes me so proud. That's the other thing. We want you, even though 
things may not work out for you the way you want, then I want you to go back to college. Don't ever give up on yourself. That's the other thing we want. We don't want our children to be, oh, woe with me. No, we're going to lift you up. You don't need to suffer from low self-esteem because in my eyesight, you are the cream of the crop. Hey, you came from me. And if I can do it, you can do it. Come on. That's my thing. Let me be an example. I'm not perfect, but let me be an example to you. If I can go back and get a bachelor's degree at a certain age where I didn't want to go to school, then you can go also. You can go back to college, get your education. And that's what my children have done. My grandchildren have done it. And I thank God for it. See, one good seed follows the other. A good seed can't produce a bad seed. No matter what it looks like right now, a good seed cannot produce a bad seed. That seed, how, what is the scripture? Uh, uh, ooh, I can't think of the scripture. We, the Bible said that the, the, the earth that bore seed within themselves the seed in that herb or the seed in that tree is going to be just like that tree. An apple tree can't bear a fig. Amen? That seed that you bear as a tree is going to be like you. And if you are one way, then they are going to be another way. They got your part of your DNA and part of the father's DNA. But if you're the major one that raises them, they're going to be more like you than they are their father sometimes. Okay. Have I worked myself into a tizzy? I'm trying to explain something here. What you have will end up being like you. You produce who you are. Every time we, we can look back and see ourselves in our children. And we can even look back and hear ourselves and our children. So when we have children, know that. And that's really what you want. Because if you're a good person, if you want education, if you show them kindness, they will show you kindness. But be prepared for them to break away. Don't hold on to them too much. And do not, by any means, if they make a mistake, don't put them out. See, that happened to me, and I suffered a lot. I loved my mother, but she made me start too early. Um, and that's my problem, so I'm not going to get on here and have a pity party. But I love my mother, but like I said, she made me start too early, and I did a lot of suffering during that time. But that suffering helped me to grow up. Hallelujah. And I honored her, I respected her, because I knew that that's what I was supposed to do. Now, as a child, yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> but guess what? I found out something. I was just like my mother, because she was, I found out she was the same way. But then at some point, you got to break that chain that has took hold to your family. And I think... The chain to our family has been broken. I'm not going into that situation, 
but that chain has been broken. I'm proud of both of my children. I'm proud of all of my kids. Amen. Even the foster kids that I had, they left there and they knew the Bible. They knew about Jesus. And that's the most important thing. They knew about Jesus. They knew how to say their grace before they put a morsel of food in their mouth. They knew about the Bible. I taught them, all of them. And my biological kids, the one, the kids that I literally raised, they ended up receiving the Holy Spirit. You won't go leave my house until you do. Amen. But I made sure that they got baptized when they were younger, baptized in the name of Jesus, and received the Holy Spirit. That's the other part that we want for our children. We want for them to be saved. We want for them to know the Lord. And if we teach them, then they are going to know who the Lord is. Not a child I've ever had in my house can say, I don't know who Jesus is. Yeah, you do. Because I'll teach you from the cradle to the time you leave my house and go back to wherever you came from. Like I said, from the biological kids to the foster kids, they all know who Jesus is. That was my duty as their mother at the time, whether foster mother or biological mother. Yes, you going to know who Jesus is, and you're going to know how to pray. Amen. But what a mother wants, like I said, love, healthy kids, educated kids, kids who can hold their own in this world. Hallelujah. Kids that will go out and teach somebody else about the Lord. Kids that will marry and have a good marriage. That's what we want for them. Sometimes it doesn't happen, but you know what? Just because the first one don't work doesn't mean the next one is not going to work. And we as parents have to realize that our choice is not always our children's choice. And we have to realize, hallelujah, mm, that we cannot dictate their lives. Amen? What a debt would come under what a mother needs. What a mother needs is stay out of your kids' business. If they don't want you in it, stay out of it. If you raise them right, guess what? They're going to be fine. Your duty is to pray and let the Lord handle the rest. Anybody got to say anything? Um. I just wanted to say that uh, children, children are blessings, um, yes. and we have a responsibility, like you said, to bring them up correctly. And it says in the Bible, Proverbs twenty-two and six, it says, "Turn up a child in the way he should go, exactly. uh, that even when he is old, he will not depart." And we should train them up, even biblically and through life. Because kids are watching. That's that's the thing that that people don't realize that people children are like sponges, and mm-hmm. everything they see and everything that we do, they're watching. And just like when we see our child or whatever, and we you know mothers sit back and we watch their children and you know admire them and you know watching them how they grow. And every now and then you'll see them do something that you do or 
say something that you, you, you said, and you're like, oh, my goodness, I see myself in that child. And the reason why you see that is because they're imitating you. So yeah. we have to realize and, and take on the, and take, to know that we have a responsibility to be an example. You know, me with my children coming up, it was, I kind of grew up with my children too. And all my children are close in age. Um, my daughter is 24, she'll be 25 in March. I have a 23 year old, um, I have a 22 year old, and I have a 19 year old. So they were all close in age. And growing up, yeah, just like me and, and my mother and my brother, we had fun and, and we had memorable times. I have the same thing with my children also. And that's one thing that a mother needs to do is to create memories with the children. Because as they get older, you got to sit back and say, remember when, you know, sometimes we, we all get together and, we just bring up stuff that happened when they were younger. And it's not to poke fun or anything like that. It's just to show you and them how far you all have come together. And it shows the, the growth. And it shows, you know, how they've learned from things that they did when they were younger. They know now, you know, not to do that. And they'll say, well, why? Oh, I don't even know why I did that or whatever. You know, you can see the progress that they have made. And mm-hmm. I just, I just I see my children as as just being blessings, and um, they're older, they're older now, and children, well, parents, parents. I mean, I said this my, my myself, and I'm sure other women have said it. Oh, I can't wait till my children get older. Now I'm looking back and say, I wish they were younger, because yeah. when they're younger, you can actually control, you know. If you want them to come inside the house and stay inside the house or, you know, you see a danger or something like that, you can snatch them back from that. But now that they're older, I was fine. I tend to worry more because they're not always, you know, in my eyesight or, you know, they have their own lives now. And then they go out into the world and we all know how evil and, and, and terrible this world is. And I find myself worrying more now that they're older than I did when I when they were younger. You know, yeah. as they were younger or whatever, we try to keep them from, you know, bullying and people picking at them and, you know, making sure mm-hmm. they eat the right foods and all that. But as they get older, you can't control that, you know, because they're mm-hmm. living their own lives. They're on the outside or whatever. But we just have to keep them under prayer and, you know, just make sure that you pray for them every night and, you know, spend time with them and, and, and talk to them when they need to, 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 you know, need to talk or whatever. And, mm-hmm. you know, just, just make sure that you're, you're there for your child. Um, I mean, we want our children to be healthy and happy and successful. And we want them to go down a certain road, but sometimes our child does not go down that certain road that you want them to. And it's like you just want to pull your hair out because it's like, I taught my child better than me, you know, but when they get to a certain point, they're trying to find their way, and the way that you want them to go, sometimes, most of the time, is not always the way that they go, but Mm -hmm. we go back to Proverbs, where it says, 
train up a child the way it should go. That even when he's right. old, he won't depart. He may not go that way, you know, dot, 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 A, B, C. You know, but the Bible says that he will get there. So we just have to train them up right. And mm-hmm. like you were saying earlier about responsibilities of being a mother, um, it's not always our children. Um, mm-hmm. it's the children that we come in contact with on a daily basis, you know, nieces, nephews, you know, I'm, I'm a school bus driver, so I deal with children mm-hmm. on a daily basis. And yeah. I have a responsibility to these children, and these children, a lot of these children feel like my own because, you know, you're the first person they see in the morning and the last person they see in the afternoon from the school. So a lot of them are getting on the bus with, you know, certain attitudes or certain, in certain moods or whatever. And you'll get to know these children enough to the point where you'll say, you know, if you see little Bobby's face is all messed up, they're like, what's wrong? When they get to trust you, they'll tell you, you know. And then you can give them that encouraging word or, you know, tell them, you know, if they say they have a test, you know, that, that, that day or whatever, you say, you know, you can do it, good luck on that test or whatever. We have to encourage our own, even those children that we come in contact with. Because a lot of some, mm-hmm. some of these children don't even have, don't even get that at home. So yeah. we should, you know, give that to them. And you'll notice they'll start coming around, they'll start talking more to you or whatever. And like I said, mm-hmm. you, you have, you, you'll develop a bond. Yes. We just have so you to realize that we have a we have a responsibility. Right. So yeah. you and the mother away from the mother. You're the one that gets them from home to school. So you're in a mother's place, literally, because you can change their whole everything. Some of them come out of home that not are not too good, but when they see your smiling face or you say a kind word then you can change their whole outlook. And you know you're not their mother, per se, but you are their influence mm-hmm. in their lives. Right. Yeah. That can change their whole yeah. outlook and keep them from going to school sad. And sometimes you can change their outlook to the point they, they look forward to coming out of the home, getting on the bus with Ms. Bass, then going mm-hmm. to school. Because you are the one who have just you say just a good morning with a smile, they look forward to that. Mm-hmm. Or good morning, right. how you doing? Or good morning, call out their name. You have made their day. Right, and they develop a trust trust um, of you because kids get on the bus and you know they'll they'll get to acting crazy, but they know that. They're going to get to school, and they're going to get home because if that we going to get them where they need to go. And exactly. To me, that's, to, to me, that's rewarding, rewarding for me. I've gotten really close to some of the kids on the bus, and it's like when they leave and go to, you know, middle school or whatever, I get teary out of it because they've become my children. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So you've been with them from elementary school to middle school, and – if they ever change your bus, you have to be with them through high school. Right. And that's a good thing because you're in the, how can I put this? You're instead of the mother. You're the one that has them 
from their house to the front door of the school. You're the one to make sure that they make it there safe. Then in the evening, you bring them from school to their home. And you make sure that they get there safe. So you're the, the person there that surrounds them, and you're like the, the mother eagle with her wings that hovers her babies around her to make sure that they're safe. And anything that comes near, she'll peck them half to death. You are that safety zone from home to school and then from school to home. So in essence, mm-hmm. you are the 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 mother in their lives during that time. You are the protector, and that's what a mother is, a protector in their lives during that right. time. Oh, it's right. Basically, it's, it's basically instant because when you see a child, you know, it's like immediately, okay? My thing is I can kind of tell what how a child is or whatever. I just, it's just instinctive, and I think that's just what's in a mother, period. Mm-hmm. Like you said, to protect, to make sure they're okay, and yeah. you know the children will will latch latch on to that because they can feel it. You can you don't always have to say that well, I care about you, you know I love you, right. whatever. They just feel that because they they're in need of that. So when a mother yeah. gives that, or even with her children or to another child, it's like a connection there, and then yeah. they, they feel that. They'll go home and they'll talk about how such and such did this to them. Um, you know, Miss Bat, she's so nice. And then the parents and parents will come out, you know, and they'll say, oh, she told me so much about you. You're so nice or whatever. Oh, she loves you and blah, blah, blah. And it's just, you know, it's very rewarding. Yeah, you help form their lives. Right. You're helping to form their right. lives. And you know that you, and you know you made an impact, and that just it just makes you feel good. Yeah, and see, that's the thing. Mm-hmm. That's built in a mother. Whether what a mother wants or what a mother needs, we need to feel like we have made a difference in our children's lives. Right. Whatever children exactly. will, that instinct is in us. It's called mother wit. That's what my mother used to call it, mother wit, M-O-T-H-E-R-W-I-T. In other words, knowing what mm-hmm. to do as a mother, whether they be right. your children or somebody else's children, you know how to smile. You know how to call out their name. You can look at their face and tell they need a little bit of attention. Mm-hmm. Some of the parents may never say thank you, but because of you as the school bus driver, you have caused those children to have a moment or a couple of moments during the day of joy, of feeling wanted. Mm-hmm. And that makes for a better child. They will go to school and act better. They will come home yeah. and act better. Because they know that Miss Bax, Miss Bax cares for them. Miss Bax called my name today. Miss Bax made me smile or whatever, you know. So mm-hmm. we are, ooh, thank you, Jesus. We are the molder of the children that are around mm-hmm. us. We mold them into futuristic, what, people, or we mold them mm-hmm. to be what maybe otherwise, if they weren't around us, they wouldn't be. 
So we have a responsibility not only as a mother of our children, but a mother to every child that we come in contact with, that we have responsibility for, whether it's as a bus driver or as a teacher. If more teachers would understand this, we wouldn't have so many school shootings. But as a bus driver, as a teacher, as a babysitter, daycare worker, a foster parent, show those kids love. Learn how to guide them with love. Yeah, they're going to act up, that's a child. They're going to try it, that's mm-hmm. a child. But when you treat them tenderly and you give them a, a smile or you give them a stern look, like I t- said one time before, my children know my look. All of them know my look. Every biological child, every foster kid I ever had, they know my look. Uh-oh, they're going to miss Portia. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she giving up that look, y'all. Yeah, that's the same thing my children say. That's the same thing my children say on 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 the bus. They was like, they know Miss Miss Bat's face. They was like, she's just, she's she's not a she's not happy. It's like, how do you know that? Look at her face. You see it. <laughs> <laughs> so they know. You know, sometimes you don't even have to say a word. They just know. Yeah, that's and true. They'll get it. They'll calm down. They will calm down. But that's. That's being, you know, that's discipline. You have to discipline the child. It's not always, you know, you got to take them by the neck and choke them out or nothing like that. You don't have to do that. But sometimes it just takes a word, you know, to say something or or, or just to say, well, just to sit down and talk it out. Well, why do you do this? You know, you'll be surprised of of how a child will calm down and think about what they do when you just come and talk to them. Mm Mm-hmm. Exactly, or how you look up and you see somebody and they look up and they see your face in the mirror and you get them that eye and they'll come right on down like, uh-oh. <laughs> mm-hmm. And it's like they appreciate that, you know? Right. Because you're not beating the head in and all of that, you know? But they know that look. Mm-hmm. Or they know, how can I put it? They know the, the emotion. That, that comes from you, you know. When they get off that bus, you're not going to, you make me sick. You in your mouth, blah, 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 blah. no. You give them a look, they sit right down. They're not afraid of being beaten. They just don't want to misplease you because you're the one that shows them love. You're the one that, you know, during the holiday, you give them the candy or whatever. You treat them like a human being. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we don't know how they're getting treated at home, you know? Right. But from you, they find, because a child knows whether or not you care about them. I mean, truly care about them. Oh, yeah, they do. You can't fool oh, yeah. a child like that. Yeah. If you truly care about them, yeah, they know, they feel it. They might not mm-hmm. always be perfect. But all you got to do is look up in that mirror or look back. You can't look back when you're driving. Uh, if they see your face, they're going to sit right on down, like, oops, because mm-hmm. they don't want to displease you. It's something in them right. they can't explain themselves. They want, they don't want to displease you, so they just say, oops, and just, <laughs> and just sit right on down. I see my foster kids do that. I come in the room, and they're in there fighting and carrying on. I look at them, oops, boy, sit down. Girl, sit down. 
And I look at myself, I saw you. <laughs> they do that little cheesy laugh, you know. But it's like they know that you care about them. And you're, you may be different from the parents. And then you may be in addition to the parents. Because a lot of parents love their kids. They know they, you know, they love their kids. And they know they're not going to get away with it at home. They know they're not going to get away with it on the bus. Because who they got, mama and daddy, then they got the bus driver, then they go to the school, and if they're blessed, they have a good teacher, then that child is going to turn out okay. Mm-hmm. But if not, you be the sunshine in that child's life. Every child needs some sunshine in their life. You be the smile. You be the one that call their name kindly. You be the one that talk, pull them aside, or, or, or say, come in. You know what? I'm proud of you. You've been very good today. You know, that makes a child feel like, wow. You can see the smile on mm-hmm. their face. Oh, thank you. You know, we can make so many changes in our children's lives, whether they be ours or somebody else, just by being kind and loving toward them. Sister Hazley, we haven't heard from you yet. I was listening back and joining the conversation. I'm sorry? I was sitting back and joining the conversation. (laughs) Well, we're waiting for your conversation. What say you? Well, as far as the motherhood, I have two children. My daughter's 25 and my son. Is 19, and um, as far as uh, motherhood, yes, we wear all kinds of hats, you know, the chauffeurs, the cook, the, the candlestick maker, all of it. <laughs> we all of it. Um, my daughter and I, we had a challenging relationship once she turned 12, and it was a challenge. I mean, a challenge. But we was in and out of the court mm-hmm. system and all that. A minute day, I wanted to give up. And just say, forget it, give up my parental rights. But something in me wouldn't allow me to do that. I knew, mm-hmm. you know, when but my mother raising me and my sister, I knew that once I had children, I wanted to make sure I wanted to be their mother, stay their mother, and watch them grow up. So yes. something in me wouldn't give up on her. I stuck it out. Went to every mm-hmm. court date, everything she even when she went to detention, all I just stayed there. And that's what a mother does. A mother never give up. And uh, yeah. um, even as an adult, you know, we still have our little arguments, the little tizzies that she go off or sometimes whatever. But I see the growth. I see her growing up. And one mm-hmm. thing that she did get for me is the work ethic. I'm so happy about the work ethic um, that she got, that she don't mind, you know, going to work if she has that. Thank God. And she has a boyfriend, but she's a go-getter. And I always told her, make sure you have your own. Don't depend on nobody for nothing. And she has that, yeah. that go-getter. And uh, my son, you know, he's who he is. He's a go-getter, too. He likes to cook. And this is when you, like Monica said, when you see him grow up and you watch him and see them and know that you had a hand in their upbringing and, and, yeah, training them up in the way they should go. I didn't train my kids up in I did. Mm-hmm. We didn't, I didn't like I did. But I did take them to church. 
So they know who God is. They know how to All pray. Right. And they did get that instilled in them. Not as much as I got growing up, but they know who the Lord is. And now, even at 19, to see Isaiah get ready for church and we don't have to argue and fuss with them is a blessing, even at 19. But you that so, way. That's what the Bible yeah. means. To raise mm-hmm. them up in the way that they should go. He knows to get up. He knows that he needs to be in church. And Brittany, she's mm-hmm. coming. Don't worry about because you raised her up that way. So guess what? Yeah. It, it, it'll come out yeah. when God wants it to come out. Mm-hmm. When I find myself with my job loving on grown people. Because like you said, you don't know how people grow up. I don't have an interaction with the children, but I'm going to tell you, mm-hmm. you got grown people that didn't get the love that they should have got growing up either. And so I right. find myself loving on those women when they get in their little attitude, they come in and want to talk, and I find myself hugging them or calling them baby and all that. It never mm-hmm. goes away. I don't care how old mm-hmm. you get. Everybody wants love. So right. I think but I work in a room, in an office full of women that need love. Mm-hmm. 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 And I'm forever, like I said, hugging them, telling them it's going to be all right. I even, they come in sometimes and pray with them. And I think that's mm-hmm. why my manager, because she's the interaction is just how you interact with people. The Jesus mm-hmm. in me loves love, love people. Jesus loved people. Mm-hmm. He loved people all yeah. types of people. You know, he didn't discriminate. Mm-hmm. And everybody, you got to realize with people, different personalities and all that. But I love on them, each and every one. For Christmas, God allowed me to give everybody an individual card and to personalize it to everybody. Mm-hmm. Wow. And they made such a big deal about it. And I gave them a little bag of candy and they made such a big deal about it. Because the mother, mm-hmm. you, that don't go away. I don't care yeah. how old you is, you, you we love them. Mm-hmm. We love them. So that's, exactly. Yeah, that's that, that mother, that mothering in you will automatically come out. So it's not just for our kids, but even the people mm-hmm. that we work around, even the people that we see in the store. You know, you may not even know a person. The cashier may be there, and you can tell that something's wrong, and you say, "Are you okay?" And they'll look, yeah, I'm okay. Are you sure? Yeah. Well, it's like they look at you, and before you leave there, before she checks you out, you got her smiling. Yes. That's mothering in us. It automatically comes out wherever we go. And even with our husbands, we find ourselves doing the same thing that sometimes they need a mama. Although, yes. you know, them hard-blocked ones, hard-headed ones. I don't need you to be my mama. I'm not trying to be your mama. I'm trying to make you keep you from making a mistake, honey. That's all. Yeah, I'll but it's in us to be that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. We, yeah. You're right about that. Yeah. And That's those who appreciate it, they're blessed by it. But those who don't appreciate it, you see them down the road. And you look at them like, my God, what happened to you? Because you tried to be kind to them, but they didn't want to. Some people, that's to say, children will accept it, but when it comes
talk to adults, sometimes they won't accept it. But those kind you just kind of walk away from and pray for. But it's in us, especially in our family, it's in us to be a mother. We don't have to go around and try. It just comes out. And the people around us, they eat it up. They will come to you when they got a problem. Sometimes they get overwhelming. Especially you got a friend coming to you two or three times a day. Yeah, it gets a little overwhelming, but you're still there for them. And that's basically what a mother is there for, not only that child, but the people who are around us. Because that's the way God is. He is there for us. He never leaves nor forsaken us. Now, we can't say that about people, but if they need us, we're there. That's what being a mother is all about. Amen? Amen. All right. So we, we, I don't know how much time we'll have to get Stephanie. Maybe eight. Huh? Thirty. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Wow. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, but, um, trying to think of anything else we need to say. But I, I guarantee you one thing. Each girl that we raise, even the boys, because they see it too. And I can guarantee you the boys that you have, they are always trying to help somebody. Or somebody is always comes to them with a problem. They got friends and things that want to know, well, what do you think I should do about this? Why? Because they see you in them. They can't help it. You're there. Your presence is there. And so the people around them will come to them for answers to questions that, you know, they need answering, whether they're boys or girls. And it's like that amazes me because you wouldn't think it would be in boys, but it is. They have friends that, man, what do you think about this or whatever? And if they have taken on mama or if they have taken after mama, then they are there for their man, you know, you know, if they don't know this, they say, man, I don't know, but, you know, such and such and such and such and such. And our girls, yeah, I hear my granddaughter is saying how people will come to her and ask her about the word, you know, or ask her this. Or ask, and that happens, you know. They have friends that latch on to them because the friends are looking for somebody who is going to care about them. And they end up being like a therapist or, or whatever, because the friends want to know, well, what do you think about this or what do you think about that? Even on their um, social media, people will ask them, what do you think about this? I have my daughter here, and people will ask her, what do you think about this or what do you think about that? And she said, why do they ask me that? Well, because what you're putting on there is directly from mama. Because you've been around me, so you like me, and so that comes through in your personality. So, of course, they're going to come to you and ask you this, that, or the other because they see you're somebody with knowledge and with authority because that's what a parent or mother has to have, a certain amount of godly authority. That's what the people are seeing, and that's why... We can make them feel better. We can we have them coming to us with their questions and their problems, 
And they, they want to ask, they see in us that we can maybe can give them an answer to something. And when you're kind to them, yes, they eat it up. It doesn't take much to be loving. And that's what a mother is all about. Not only do we need love, but we need to give love. It's in our personality to give love, to give advice, to protect. That's in us. So wherever a true mother is, that's where you want to be in an office. Or wherever you are, a true mother will be there for you. Like I said, a true mother will protect, and we will give advice, you know, not only to our children, but to anybody around us. And most men, like I said, they will, they'll come to, well, baby, what do you say? You know, or whatever. Then you got the rebellious ones that don't want to hear nothing you got to say. But most of the time, men depend on us. Oh, good God Almighty, mm. to know which direction to go, because men have a hard time out there. And so they depend on you to kind of gently nudge them, and that's what we do to our children. We don't always look, this is what you need to do. Sometimes you just got to gently nudge them. And I had to learn that the hard way, because, yeah, with men, it's easy, man. They'll tell you in a minute, oh, I don't need no mama. So you got to learn how to gently nudge because everybody won't take to you. Well, well, this is what I think you should do. Nope, gently nudge them, love them into the right position, into the right decision. In other words, be wise. The Bible said be wise as a serpent and harmless as a dove. I liken a mother unto a dove. She knows how to sit there, watch. And then turn around when you need your flower off. And if you need it to come back, she's there. But she watches over. Like I said, we're like an eagle with babies. And like the Bible said, a barren mother or a mother whose kids are growing up. You know, we end up being mother to everybody else because our kids have grown up. But if you're in an office or on a school bus or wherever your job is, even in a factory, you end up being a mother figure. Thank you, Lord. That's what I was looking for. You end up being a mother figure because it's part of your personality. You've raised your own, and now you're in a place where everybody comes to you. And it's like, it's weird. And I often ask, I say, Lord, you know what? <laughs> Even your sisters and your brothers, they will come to you to ask you things. When they see that mothering instinct in you, they catch hold to it, and yeah, they are there. Well, what do you think about this? Oh, I need to talk. Oh, I need prayer or whatever. And I find that an honor. Sometimes, really, when they're special, when I was in the hospital, they would get on my last nerve. Everybody wanted me to be mama. But then, you know what? I got used to it. And I learned I don't go to them. I let them come to me. And when they come to me, then if I don't have the advice, then I will get the advice. But I'm like you, uh, Minister Hazley, just a kind, something kind, something small will have a person, you know, feeling like, okay, everything's going to be okay. And that's the way we need to be with our kids. They need to feel their safety. 
about it. Mama got it. It's like we are with Jesus. Oh, I ain't worried about it. Jesus got my back, so I ain't going to worry about it. You know, and it's a little bit better because the child knows that a mama going to be there. We know that Jesus is there, but it takes time for us to learn that, you know. But when you have a child in your life, they need to know that mama's going to be there. And if you're that kind of mom, then that's a happy child. They don't have anything to worry about. You'll see them, and they'll go off walking like, I ain't worried about the mama back there. And you can be a block away, which I would never be. But they look back, and then they keep on walking. long as you're there, they are fine. And that's the way it is with our friends. As long as they know you can get in touch with them, or they can get in touch with you, they are fine. But the moment you get out of their sight or out of their reach and they can't, man, they be going around asking friends, where is she? Where is she? You got her number? I thought I lost friends years ago. And they go around asking people, you got her number? And then they make contact. They re, how can I put it? They um, reattach themselves to me. And we're still attached, you know. But God, don't let me change my number because they will go on and go on and asking this one, asking that one, especially if you got mutual friends. You got her number. Where is she? I haven't heard from her. And to me, that was just so odd. Okay, friends, separate. You grown, I'm grown. Okay, I moved. I got another number. So why are you hunting me down? Well, that lets me know that I did something that caused them to want to be a part of my life. So, okay, I'll give my number again. I don't mind it. And we're back being friends like we, you know, never lost one another. But and that's what we have to be with our kids. We have to stay in their lives, always be there for them, have the door open. Sometimes they got to move back home. I did. I had to move back home. Hallelujah. My mom could say, no, I don't want y'all in here. You and no kid, no. But no, she let me right back in. She made space for us. And that's the way we have to be to our children as well as the people in our lives. Because if you think about it, that's how Jesus is. He's like a mother. He protects us. He keeps us. He leads and guides us. Amen? Hallelujah. So we got to be the same identical way. Be there for them. Lead them. Guide them. Love them. Even when they get 50 years old. You go after them and say, hey, 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 I, I haven't heard from you in a while. What's going on? That's what I'm getting ready to do now. I'll tell you you two about that later. But you know what? Sometimes people separate, but they will come back in your life. And if they don't, then you make the effort. What do you all think about that? Well, I, I, I believe you should stay, stay connected because, like you said, when you're in somebody's life, you always make an, you know, people make an impact. And, yeah. I mean, like you said, those yeah. are the people that they hang, hang on to. They will hang on to. Mm-hmm. Now, I'll let you slide for a little bit. But eventually, especially in my children, uh-uh. Okay, I understand you're married and you got kids of your own, but uh-uh. I'll let you slide for a little bit, but uh, I'll put it this way. My oldest son got a surprise coming. Yeah, I know that he's okay. 
Um, his wife puts pill, um, heal, uh, pictures up and, you know, make sure that I know that everything is okay. I can call her. I have to go through her to get to him, which I don't like. But, you know, being mama, I kind of put up with it right now because I know what the Bible says. Man should leave his mother and, you know, he and his wife should go off by the CPS. So I allow that to happen. But every now and then you got to go and yank a apron <laughs> string, you know, because regardless of who come or who goes, mama going to always be mama, and she's going to be your mama. And when mama's gone, your life is totally changed. I know. I wish to God I could talk to my mom right now. And see, you have to keep them from getting that sorrow feeling, sorrowful feeling that, oh, when I needed mom or when I could have contacted mom, I didn't do it. I was so busy with my own life, I didn't do it. Now mom is gone. So you have to make sure that they don't have that feeling, even if you have to kind of every now and then just call and say, hey, how you doing? Haven't heard from you in eons. How are you? You doing okay? Them directly. Sometimes you have to make that step yourself because each person will, will be sitting around and waiting for you to make a move, and then you're waiting for them to make a move, and that's how people, you know, don't get in contact with one another. Somebody has to make that first move. Exactly, and there's nothing wrong. Everything is fine, no. but it's like they're busy in their job and their career and their family, and you send back like, okay, you haven't heard from you. Where are you? Are you okay? It doesn't matter what anybody else say, but you want to hear directly from them. I want to know, are you okay? I don't like a go or in between. I understand you're a private person, but you should never be so private that you don't want to talk to mom. I understand you busy. You got your high-power job, but I should be able to call you and say, hey, how you doing? You okay? All right. Just want to know. Mama love you. Go on. That's it. Don't ever get too high to do that. Cause see, I wish to God I never did that with my mom. But we, oh, we don't even want to talk about the phone bills before they had uh, long distance, and you don't have to pay a whole bunch of money for it. But yeah, I had high phone bills because I was on that phone just about every day because that was my mama. Even though we were like all the vinegar, that was still my mama. And you didn't bother my mama. Because you had a, no, 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 no. Same thing with with my mom. You didn't bother her children. Because you had a, a, a bear on your hand, and you don't want that bear to fall down your back. <laughs> she would get you, man. But the thing about it is that never forget your mother. Mother, never forget your kids. They may be around the world too far away to contact them and renew that contact, renew that bond. Yeah, they're grown. They may be 50 years old, but they're still your baby. They're still your child. I don't care how old you get, you are still my child. Because one good part about it, care how old you get, I'm older. Always will be. There's one thing I got in common. One thing I got that's mine, I will always be older. So it's like, don't forget your mother. We want your love we want the contact. Call and say, Mom, how you doing? Right. 
That goes back to honoring your mother and father. You know, yeah. one way of honoring them is recognizing them and keeping up with them and, you know, trying to see, you know, how they're doing and, and you know, if they need anything mm-hmm. or, you know, that's, that's the kind of honoring your, your mother and father also. somebody else directly. Uh-huh. I don't want to hear it from you through your wife. I want to hear it from you. Yeah. Or you through your husband. I want to hear it from you. That's the thing. But, boy, we have really hit on some things here today. Knowing one thing, that if you are a mother, even if you don't have biological kids, if you have that mothering instinct in you, you have, like the Bible said, many kids, many children. Ooh, good God Almighty. This this is a topic that, that you don't often hear discussed in churches. But if you are a woman and and you have shown anybody love or um concern or you know, you, you, you just have an open heart toward them. That's being a mother that mothering instinct inside of you that cares, that wants to pull you close and make sure that you're okay, that wants to make you smile, you know, by giving you a little card and some candy or something like that, you know. We want everything to be okay in your life, letting you know that we are here for you. And the same thing with our biological or our foster kids or our adoptive kids, then, yeah, we're here for you. That's what we're for. Don't don't shun away from me. You know, give them a little thing like like I do every night. Even now I'm with my sister. She's my baby sister, and uh, actually right now she's my baby sister, and 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 my friend, and I am her big sister, and her friend, and it's like she says every night, "Good night, sister. Love you to life." And that, to me, she's speaking life into me. And that, oh, she don't even know. I got to tell her that. She doesn't even know how that makes me feel. She's speaking life to me. Because I'm at the age now, I need life spoken into me. (laughs) But that makes me feel good. Love you to life, you know. And every time I hear that, I say, thank you, Elsie, you know. But it's just certain little things like that, that, you can do to help other people feel good also or or be secure around you in your relationship. And with being a mother, that's what you do with your children. You make them feel loved and secure, and they can grow up being good young men and young women. Now, some of them always, some of them will fall off track, but don't worry. Always have your door open to your child. I don't care where you are. Always have your door open to your child. Now, you may not be able to do that with your friends, but with your children, always have your door open. Never say, no, 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 no. Always have your door open because, believe me, they're going to need it. At some point, we're all going to come back home. Mm, thank you, Jesus. My mother was there for me. 
I was there for my daughter. I was there for my son when he came back from college and didn't have anywhere to stay. And I will be there for all of my kids. They don't have to worry about, well, you know, this and that. No, 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 no. If you're near me, come on home. Come on home. If you've got yourself in a mess, come on home. My house is open. Even if I had to have a pull-out couch, then my house is open. If you got to get in the bed behind me, my house is open. Not the boys. You know, the boys won't get on that couch. But like with my oldest daughter, yeah, if she gets to the point where she doesn't have a place, come on home. If I had to put you over behind me or you get behind me and I get in my lounge chair, then we will do that. And I know it's the same thing, you know, with her. And with my other daughter, it's the same thing. If I need, I don't even have to tell them. I've got, you know. They instinctively know, uh, let me see what mama needs. They will ask me, mom, do you need so-and-so? Even down to the one that just came out of the Navy. It's always been the same thing. But we had that kind of relationship. That's how they came up to love their mother. The relationship had not always been good. Sometimes the relationships were downright volatile, believe me. But the love in that relationship caused us to come back together again and love one another even stronger. Because I will say, especially my girls, my girls are a lot like me. Yeah. Enough said. <laughs> we want to have our own way. That's the way I was. I wanted to have my own way. And it got me in much trouble. But guess what? When the trouble came, Mama was there. So I thank God for that. But um, anybody else have anything else to say? Nope. Just love your children and train them up in the way they should go. Amen. And let them know always that you love them. Always. That's one thing I will say. My daughter knows. My son. All my children know. And all fifty-eight of those foster kids, they know that Miss Portia loved them. I can guarantee you, they know one. Well, probably more. But that said one because he was the oldest one because I always dealt with younger ones. And um, that one that 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 I'm talking about now. After he left, he came on. I forgot what this thing was. My something. Not my space. It's another one. What was this thing that was his name came on? Uh-huh. Um, I don't know. There's no thing that comes on. I think it's on Twitter. Um, uh, no, I forgot what it was. It's some platform that he... Um, huh? No. I can't think of what it was, but he sent me an invitation to join it. Oh, kick. Kick. Is that what it was? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I joined it, and he got in touch with me. Now, I don't even know what kick exists or not anymore. I, I have no idea, and I have not heard from him in, well, since I've been in Danville anyway. But, and I don't even think he has a Facebook page, does he? Uh, I haven't seen no. No, we haven't. What you call it? 
because, like I said, he's home with his family now, so I want him to get with his family, be with his family. So at some point I had to kind of step out and let him be with his family. I know you want to get in touch with Miss Portia, but Miss Portia is fine. And he can always go to my, if he wants to, he can go to my Facebook page and join that or whatever. But at the time, he was like 10, so I don't even think he could do it. He's old enough now. But I don't know, maybe I'll look him up to make sure that he's okay. But long story short, they don't forget you. That memory memory will always be in his heart of Miss Portia. Miss Portia is the one who prayed for me, and Miss Portia is the one I was with when I gave my life to the Lord. She's the one that took us in and fed us and made sure that we were okay. Like I always said, I used to call myself Angel Mom. That was my handle, Angel Mom. And I would tell each one of them when they came in, okay, I understand it's been tough, but it's going to be okay. And I will always assure them, I'm going to make sure you get back home to your parents, so don't worry about it. And then I'd go find out the manor. And I made sure they got with the parents. If I had to go and talk to the parents and uh, counsel them, I would do it. Because one set there, they wanted me to adopt. And I said, oh, no, not at this age. So I went to the mother, and she and I actually became friends. I counseled her. And because she was going to give those kids up. I'm going to say, girl, you got some beautiful kids. Don't give those kids up because she was a foster kid. And she was getting ready to give them. I said, uh-uh. I said, honey, I am too old to raise these kids. So I want you to get yourself together. So they had bombarded her so bad, and she was having such bad luck, she was just going to give them up because she thought they were going to be better with me. Probably would have at that point. But last time I heard from her, because I am her friend on Facebook, they're doing fine. So, see, sometimes we even got to be a mother to the mother of the foster kids. <laughs> But that's our topic for the day, what a mother wants, what a mother needs, and what a mother can do, knowing that all women have a mothering instinct in them. And if it is in you, then use it. Hey, that can be a a ministry. Use it by being kind. Use it by showing your love. Use it by showing your concern. Use it by letting everybody know, the people around you know that you are there for them. Plus being there for our kids and everything. And kids, if you haven't gotten in touch with your parents, call mama, call daddy today. See, we can turn this whole thing around to daddy because you got daddy who are raising their kids. And I've seen some dads, I've heard of some dads that have done an amazing job. Amen? because they had to raise those kids themselves. So we honor the father who is not only father but mother also. If you've raised those kids up and those kids are grown, congratulations, because now you know what we go through. Hallelujah. It's not an easy job, but it's a very rewarding job. And if we look at what Jesus does with us, we then we won't go wrong. Look at the word, see what the word says about being a mother. Do that. And you won't go wrong. Amen. But I thank Sister well, Minister Monica Bass and Minister Lakeisha Hazley for their input today. And I will tell both of them, I'm proud of both of them. Because I know it was not an easy job because at one point in all of our lives, we were single parents. So it was not an easy job. 
for God bless us and brought us through and our children are living and they are healthy and doing well. Amen. So we did a good job. And I'll say myself, good job. Hallelujah. And God is going to say that when you get to heaven, good job, my faithful servant. You raised your children well. I believe he's just going to be a crown that you're going to have in glory, that you are a good mother. Because, see, they could have been out there. They could have been dead. I know a lot of children dead, but the parents didn't take care of them. You didn't kill them. You didn't abuse them. Yeah, you disciplined them, but you did not abuse them. There's a difference between discipline and abuse. And they are living and doing good. They're working. They've graduated from high school and college, and some of them are still in college. Hallelujah. But they do what they have to do. They have a good work work ethic. Those that don't, don't wear it's coming. Some children take longer to mature than others. Other kids need to need extra care. Nothing wrong with them. They just need that extra care. Hallelujah. But thank God all of our children are good. They're not deformed in any way. They're nice and they're healthy. And we thank God for it. And even if they were deformed, we would still love them. They would be there with us and we'd be taking care of them because that's the God in us. God made us a mother. And we thank God he weaved that golden thread through our heart to be a mother and to know how to be a mother, not just to our children, but to have that mothering instinct, to be that kind of friend when another person needs a mother. Amen? All right. We're going to go. Sorry? Okay. But we're going to go today. You've been listening to Reaching the Masses Media Ministry Saturday Morning Live. I want to thank Sister Monica, Minister Monica Bass, hallelujah, and Minister Lakeisha Hazley for being with us today. We're going to have to do this again, y'all, on another topic. But with our next topic coming up is uh, from the men. What a man wants, what a man needs. What a husband wants, what a husband needs, what a father wants, and what a father needs. And that's going to be with uh, Deacon Daryl Hazley, the husband of uh, Minister Keisha Hazley. And it's going to be Deacon. Nakia Lumar. Nakia Lumar. All right, here, Deacon. Yes, yes Deacon Nakia Lumar, and then it's going to be Ellie Charles Pritchett. Hallelujah. Um, CJ the DJ from Danville, Virginia. Mm. Hallelujah. He's going to be one of the ones on the panel also. So we've got to get them together before this week is out because by next Thursday I want them ready. So we got to get them three together. And they're going to come to you with the same topic, only on a, from a man's point of view. So continue to listen to Reaching the Masses Media Ministry Saturday morning live. Hallelujah. We're going to have some controversial topics on this and that and the other, some topics that's going to make you laugh, some topics that's going to make you maybe share a little tear, but that's what this Saturday morning program is all about. So we love you, God loves you, 
Thank you for being here this morning. Oh, wait a minute. I forgot something. This is Stephanie. You want to do the announcement? Bring the announcement. Okay, she's going to bring the prayer list. This is our current prayer list. We have the Hansley family, Patricia Davis family, Lennon Owens, Edna Clark, Richard Robinson, Keith Katie, the Bass family, Remy Holmes, Emery Holmes, Diane Holmes, Russ Wagner, Diane Wagner, and granddaughter Abby, Robert, daughter Abby, and granddaughter Mackenzie, Malik Rose. Also, the new addition, we have uh, Mother West and Mother Dunlap. And Faith and Isaac. If you have a prayer request, leave it at our website. That's reachingmassesministries.com. Go on the contact and leave your prayer request there. Or leave at our email, reachingmassesmediaministry at gmail.com, and leave your prayer request there. Thank you. Amen. And she said our new addition, um, Mother May Dunlap and Mother Terry West. Mother Terry West just lost her husband. So pray for her. Um, she's by herself now. Her husband was 91 years old, and I'm not even sure how old she is, but that leaves her by herself. But they have kids, so they're going to take care of their mother. And Mother May Dunlap, hallelujah, pray for her. Um, she took sick and, well, became sick, and I'm not sure of the whole thing, but when I get it, I will bring it back to you. But remember those two prayers. On your list, and Malik Rose is back home, and he does not have to have a kidney transplant. Is that right, um, Minister Hazley? Yes, he's not even getting um, what you call the dialysis. They're just giving him treatment. All right, he does not have to have dialysis. Okay, Hallelujah. We thank God for that. Amen. So, and then when he they treat him here. Then they're going to send him, you know, back um, mm-hmm. to South Korea because he's still part of the military. So we say just thank God for what God is doing. And we know God is going to do a complete job. I'm just glad that he doesn't have to have a kidney transplant. Amen. Hallelujah. So we thank God for that and continue to pray for little Faith. She still has not found that kidney. So continue to pray for her and Tia Cook. I don't want to forget her. Pray for Tia Cook. Last time I hear, she still had cancer, um, and we're just continuing to pray for her. But we thank you for listening to Reaching the Masses Media Ministry. Hallelujah. Saturday morning live. Stay tuned. The same place that you are. Hallelujah. Next Saturday at our same place, same time. We love you. God loves you. Let us go into closing prayer. Father God, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord, for this day. Lord, we've had all these topics, Lord, I never knew, hallelujah, how in-depth they could be. There's so much more to be said, Lord, but maybe at another time. But, Lord, we thank you for women who are mothers, hallelujah, really mothers, not just a carrier, hallelujah, of a baby, but the mother of the baby. We thank you. Hallelujah, that we did not abort our babies. Hallelujah. We thank you that we raised them up in the way that they should go. We thank you that now we can see the results of the things that we did to raise them up like you told us to raise them up. Hallelujah. Things were not perfect, 
But, Lord, we, I think we did a good job, Lord. I thank you for that, Lord. Hallelujah. We thank you that they're all grown, Father. Hallelujah. Now we sit and we wait for our grandchildren and our great-grandchildren. And I thank you, Lord, because I have the grandchildren, Lord, and I thank you for every one of them. Lord, that's a blessing. Mm. They don't know how much I love them, Lord. I would give them, hallelujah, anything I've got, Lord, because they're my babies, hallelujah. And I thank you, Father. I've seen each and every one of them grow up, hallelujah, from infancy, Lord, hallelujah. And I thank you, Lord, that's a blessing. Oh, I thank you, Father. I thank you for my children, too, Lord. Thank you for my sons and my daughters, Lord, hallelujah. I've seen them grow up, hallelujah, and become amazing people, holding their own in this life, Lord. No matter how wicked this world is, I can say that my children is not part of this wicked world. They are following you, hallelujah. And even if they're not following you like they should, they know to follow you. And they are not out there in that mess, Lord. I thank you for that, that each one of them have a little bit of mama in them. Because mama got a little bit of grandma in her. Hallelujah. Grandma was a truly saved woman of God. And she taught me well, and I passed it down to my children. And my children are passing it down to theirs. I thank you, Father, in the name of Jesus. Bless each and every one of us. Bless Sister Hazley, uh, Minister Hazley, and Minister Fat Household, Lord. Lord, don't let them have a need. Bless their health. Bless their finances. Bless them both naturally and spiritually. Bless their pastors, Lord. Hallelujah. And we thank you. We glorify your name. Bless my household, Lord, and every child I've ever had. Hallelujah. Bless, hallelujah. My co-host, Sister Stephanie. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus, Lord, because she's here with me. She's helping to bring this program forth, Lord. I thank you. Because I'm truly a blessed woman of God. Things aren't always perfect, but I'm still blessed, Lord. Hallelujah. I have no complaints. Like the song says, I won't complain. Because it could have been worse, Lord. And I thank you. And I glorify your name, Lord. And I say, in the name of Jesus, amen. Hallelujah. We'll see you here, everybody, next Saturday. Same time, same station. Love you all. Bye-bye.